0: Share their expertise with you and answer all your questions. Plus, bonus content in the form of many, many tangents. We do love a good tangent. I love a good tangent. I'm Leah, and I am an expert in running and cycling, having spent two years on the women's world tour pro team Canyon SRAM and now racing for domestic elite team Femme Keep. And I've run many, many marathons, almost as many as I've gone into tangents on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I've run a personal best of 237.26. And that makes me a used-to-be-fast expert. And my current, my new thing that I don't know if I'd say I'm an expert at, but my newfound fun, because we always have to share one little fun thing, Something that I've learned to do um, for work, but I've learned how to add subtitles onto videos. And let me tell you, if you ever have a program that transcribes the subtitles for you, and then you get to go back and edit them later, and there are heavy accents involved, the errors in the transcription are so joyous. (laughs) If you want to turn a stressful evening into something really funny, I was like stressed to the max last night but burst out laughing like literal LOLs multiple times at some of the things that were coming up. So there's my fun learning to be an expert in subtitle writing is my other thing. If that wasn't the longest introduction I've ever given to myself, I don't know what is. But let me introduce you to my podcast partner.
1: <laughs> this hey, <is> Lori. hey. <laughs> I don't know how I followed that one up. I didn't have like a whole novel. about <laughs> <prepared>. <laughs> But hey, everyone, I'm Lori, board certified sports dietitian expert in fueling active bodies. I am also a distance runner. I've run a lot of marathons, I have no idea how many I've lost count Um, I've run several ultras, including the JFK 50 miler and rim to rim to rim and running across and back the Grand Canyon, which was pretty spectacular. Um, Also an elite cyclist. And let's see, my current expertise is, I think I have a tie between drinking hot cocoa and overpacking because... It's super cold in Minnesota right now, and we ordered this sticky toffee hot cocoa from England. It's amazing. It's so delicious. I love it. There's, like, nothing more satisfying than a cup of, like, a mug of steamy hot cocoa with milk and a marshmallow. I'm very particular about that. That's definitely my expert way to make it. Um, and then I'm going to Florida in a few days, and I'm an overpacker. I think yeah. I'm really good at that. Like I have a skill at not stressing about packing because I will fit everything I can possibly fit in my luggage and bring it with me.
0: Yeah, I I used to, I got really good at not doing that when I was traveling in Europe because it's like I had to fit everything I needed for three months in one bag. And then I realized how much stuff I don't need, but I used to be terrible because we would travel these marathons and it was usually by car. So you really weren't limited
1: that much. Yeah, exactly. When I was in my van, I would bring everything because I really could figure out how to stash it all away. And now even with just flying here and there, I am just like, I will pay the $30 for my bag. I don't care. I want to bring everything. Like I pack I have a bag of spices that I bring. I've got all my clothes. Well,
0: I think it also probably comes with the territory of you spent quite a bit of time living van. I mean, not living in your van, but traveling around doing a lot of your cycling trips with your van. So you kind of had like a miniature house on wheels. So I think that probably fed the habit of overpacking because it's like, no, but I also need my kitchen. And I also need my this (laughs) and that, like all the things that would fit in a van
1: now have to fit in a suitcase. I can't say that the van life started my overpacking, but it definitely <laughs> didn't fed, help. Yeah, it did not help at all. So I have like piles of food and ingredients and clothes and everything that's going to Florida with me. And I don't leave until Wednesday. So it's gonna be a, a heavy I always have to weigh my luggage because I'm like right on that line. Yeah.
0: So that's it, guys. We um our intros were pretty rocking today. We're just gonna say goodbye. And <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like we're gonna get that like feedback of we know who you guys are. Stop with the intros. Just like what? whatever, whatever. Like you know what?
0: <laughs> I know. I quote. I talk about this podcast all the damn time. But my favorite murder has turned completely into a half murder, half self help podcast. So if they uh- can do that
1: was the last episode even an episode or was it all <laughs> like, it was cute. It, it, it was us because they <laughs> talked about themselves in therapy
0: and then they answered questions so what they okay, did last I, episode, that's what i thought at least we're they were listening there. to us and they were copying While, <laughs> I mean, while we're <laughs> going down this tangenty road i have to tell you about because i thought about i wanted so bad i went to the grocery store tonight and as i'm pulling into my parking spot There's this white car and it has, as I'm driving up, I thought it was something for those, you know, the, um, the missing and murdered indigenous women, like they have those and they, they with the handprint on their face. So I'm driving up and I think it's that because there's, I see red handprints on this white car. Well, as I pull up, like they're everywhere and they're not They're It looks the same, but it's red handprints covering the car like polka dots, but like they look at their real hands. And then it says, on the trunk I don't know if it was a bumper sticker or just painted on but it said do not open bodies inside and I was like holy shit I need to take a picture of this and send it to my favorite murder but the person was in the car and I just oh, I, I should have totally not cared in. I should because if you're gonna have a car like that you have yeah. to expect to take pictures but I didn't get one but I was like what is this
1: was it like leftover for Halloween or is that like always
0: I'm pretty sure it's an all the time thing So, I don't know if, like, I I don't know. I I don't know. I should have just knocked on their window and been like, Can you please tell me about this
1: vehicle? Because, yeah, you um, should have asked more questions. I should have, (laughs) but
0: instead, just like a typical weenie, I just was like, Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna mind my business and go inside. That's bizarre. Yeah. So, with that, (laughs) you didn't tune in to hear us talk about this, you want answers to your questions. And we got
1: some good questions this week. So hopefully we can provide some good answers. We're definitely gonna try. Well,
0: I have like 85 tabs open in my computer and naturally I, I can't even see which one is the one that I need. So if you've got yours open while I fumble around and find mine, why don't you go ahead and start?
1: All right, first question is, I like hearing my surroundings while working out, but I also want to enjoy some music or podcasts while training. Any suggestions on headphones or earbuds to use? Yes. Yes, definitely. Because I, I just went through this whole thing. And finally, I have returned one pair. I don't even remember what I got and then returned. And then now I'm using the Aftershocks. And I love them. The I don't even know which model they are. Um, I use the Aeropex, and I
0: feel like you asked me about mm-hmm. them, and I told you. So maybe you got the same one.
1: May- that does not sound familiar. No. I think it's like the bone conductor or something. I don't know, but I love them. They, I love that they go. So I have. I feel like I have strange shaped inner ears, like where earbuds will just like fall out all the time. Like I have this problem. Mm-hmm. So I love that they hook around my ears and then they go like around the back of the head so they're not just like dangling there ready to just fall out and be lost on a trail somewhere I like that security of them and then because they're not like jammed in my ear I can hear the sound super well but I can also hear traffic super well like there is you get both and which on the downside if you're running like a lot of times I'm on trails, but if I hit like a main road and I'm running like next to traffic, you have to kind of pause the music or podcast because you can't hear it very yeah. well. But I mean, so if you're I haven't in, actually like, Go ahead, sorry. If you're in like a busy city area, you know, running, I would say maybe they're not the best if you're like have a lot of traffic or sound street noise around you. Um, but if you're just out on country roads or like on trails or something, I think they're awesome.
0: Yeah, and I use those same ones for running. I don't, for cycling, for me, there's too much wind noise when you're moving that quickly. Like it's difficult. If you're listening just to music and you kind of know the song anyways, whatever, like they're fine. But if you're listening to a podcast, I think for cycling, they'd be frustrating because the wind kind of overtakes the sound. But for running, they're perfect. Um, I actually haven't ever experienced, I don't know if I, I run mostly on a pedestrian trail system, so there's not a ton of traffic, but I, I don't, I've never had an issue with the sound. Have you ever had this happen though? I've, I've only had this happen. It could just be coincidental, but I've never, like when in the winter, when I'm wearing a hat, I'll, I'll wear the ones that just stick in my ears. Cause I have the problem with them falling out too, but I think it's either because I have big ear holes or because of how much I sweat, they just slip out eventually. But if I have something covering over, I'll put the ones that go in my ears. So I have run on these same trails around the same people and animals. And when I have my Aeropex on, sometimes dogs go crazy. Have you noticed that? Oh, that is super weird. No, I have not noticed (laughs) that at all. But Maybe it's just, like I said, it could totally be a coincidental thing. But there's just a couple times that I've been... Listening to podcasts specifically, and I'm like, I wonder if there's something with the way the frequency is, because of how it works by bone conduction, that it's like sensitive to the dog's ears.
1: Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. I have not noticed that, and there are a lot of dogs on the trails that I go on, so I have probably just barked or attacks. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a thing. Um, I do agree with like when you're wearing a hat or, or like a. Uh, your covering um, headband type thing, the like iPhone buds, or I just will wear the the wire ones, you know, yeah. like old school, which don't really bother me too much, um, and they stay in really well. I don't love the aftershocks with a hat or you know, yeah, a headband on it bumps on, into then, that thing on yeah, the back of your head. It, like, it, yeah, like then you, it's either like too tight or you have too much space, and then your ear is cold. So that is a little bit of a problem. That's a negative. Also, I, it is hard sometimes when you have cycle when you have like a helmet and then glasses and then those that go over the ear. I'm not a fan of that. So I also don't wear them for cycling. I just wear them for running. Yeah. Um, and because the Rokas are so light, it doesn't bother me for running at all to have both of those like sitting on top of my ear. Um, I wish I could remember the kind the other... I think the Jawbone. I think that's a name of some, right? Jawbones? Maybe. I think so. I think so. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I ordered those and ended up returning them because I just did not like the way they sat in my ear. So, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, you can return things. So don't hesitate to just, like, go to your Target or whatever, electronic store, or Amazon, or whatever, and get a couple pairs and, like, go for a run and try them out.
0: And if you... I mean... I always try to approach things like this sensitively because I realize what I'm about to say. I mean, it, honestly, it doesn't even apply to me. I don't have this type of budget, but if you if you have, if finances aren't an issue, like at all for you, um, a great thing to do is to go, you can go to an audiologist or you can go, um, there's a company called Bragi, Bragi, B-R-A-G-I. I actually don't, know for sure if they still exist but when I was racing for Canyon SRAM they came and they they molded our ears and then they make a thing that's like you it feels like it clicks into your ear hole like it's the perfect I I, mine eventually slipped out of my ear one day or I was fumbling with it or something and it fell on the ground and snapped open and then I sweat the thing to death but while they worked they were magic and when you have those two things they will um They will set to a volume that you can't, they're safe to where, like, you can't put them too loud to harm your ears. And also, they have settings that you can allow in ambient noise or not. So, it's like if you're home and maybe you're on the trainer and you don't want to be able to hear anything, you want to block everything out, you can set them. It's like you literally only hear what you're listening to. But if you're outside and you want to hear the ambient noise, you just turn on that other setting. So, those. I'm not going to say like, Oh, this is the best solution because they're expensive. Like I think probably upwards of $500, but if you have that kind of money to spend on them, obviously a great option. Um, if you don't, I think the, uh, aftershocks are a great option for running and for like, or if you don't mind, um, you can't, they do come with earplugs, so you could wear them on the bike and then block, but I don't, I'm like, I don't want to wear these and then put earplugs in. Um, I think the best solution that's not as expensive as the molded ones is to have a, if you're a runner and a cyclist, a pair for running and a pair for cycling. Cause I think the Aeropex are really phenomenal for running. Um, but just the regular little stick into your ears and either look for some that do have, cause there are cheaper ones that also have the setting to allow ambient noise, Or if they don't and you're concerned, just wear one.
1: Yeah, that's what most cyclists do, I feel like, is just wear one. Even with, I'll use the corded um, headphones when I'm out cycling, uh, just because I haven't found a pair of wireless that I like while cycling. And a lot of people will just like use an old pair of the wire phones and like cut one earbud off, like just get rid of that wire altogether. So that's definitely a strategy. Um, The only thing, my annoyance with the having a wire on the bike is if I want to take my phone out and take a photo, it's oh, yeah, really that's annoying. Work. It's so annoying to have that wire, that cord on there, and you're like, can only put your phone out so hard, like no, so you high. Try the,
0: like... Um, the Jaybird Run XT is a cordless okay. in the ear, and it comes with different sizes of like this little rubber piece that slips around it and then it has kind of a fin on it so mm. the fin will grip to the upper part of your ear and it's Ooh, they make those them are for- the
1: ones i tried for running i never tried them on the bike though and i yeah that's what i like use for the for bike and they're fabulous on the bike
0: i can't run in them they'll fall okay
1: out. that's what i tried initially and i was like oh these are so bad they come out every second so maybe I'll order another pair, Ask Santa for Christmas and yeah. try those. <laughs> Cause they
0: also, and I can wear them even with my sweaty ears. I can wear them with just like a beanie hat over for running as well. But mm-hmm. on the bike, they're like, I've had one fallout one time when it was like summer and I was dripping sweat and then going full gas, trying to get a QOM on a climb. <laughs> and then I missed the QOM. I mean, I already had it, but I was trying to beat my own time. I missed <laughs> the QOM by one second and my earbud, like, rolled off into the ditch. And I was trying to find it. And there was just disgusting things in this ditch. And, so, like, I was, like, okay, I'm coming back later with gloves. And I found
1: it. That's awesome. And, and also, I, I feel like that's such a common thing of, like, have you, like dropping something in a ditch or, like, yeah. road runoff area while you're riding. And you're just, like, oh shit. And, yeah. like, there are weird things in ditches. And just on the side of the road, like, I never understand when I see one shoe. Like, <laughs> what, what is that? Where did your shoe go? Where, how? Or even a whole one? pair that I
0: just sit there. You're like, what did somebody did? Like did the rapture come and you were the like, only one? Why? Like just a
1: pair of shoes. Just how, sitting there. who just like loses a pair of shoes or like, I mean, I get like when there's one like little kid shoe because they just like threw it yeah. off, you know, and we're brats. But like, what an adult shoe like how did you not notice or like really you just (laughs) had to ditch your shoes there like it was just like an impulse to be barefoot right at this moment in the middle of the road like I don't know it really bothers me I
0: don't get it No, I think the same thing I would just pass some random shoe the other day and thought yeah I, I think it every time maybe I should start capturing photos of all of them just like make a Instagram account hashtag
1: random shoe I'm sure you would get a ton of followers.
0: (laughs) I'd be viral, famous. (laughs) It probably already exists for living. I own an Instagram account,
1: random shoe. You know, (laughs) I have this thing with random shoes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, love it. Okay, next question.
0: Um. Okay, I will take this one. Let me see. So it appears I have landed myself in a state of overtrained. Any advice you could address? Any advice or could, sorry, I can't read apparently, or could you address this subject in your podcast? Yes, we can. And we will write to us people. Sorry. Back to the question. It's bad. I went from being able to output a hundred percent and feeling great to the last three races, having to output at nearly 110% for efforts that should only take 80 and flu like symptoms hours after riding. Okay. Um, so we can kind of break this into two things because so advice for overtraining. Looking- I at feel the, like
1: sorry, I'm gonna interject because I don't feel like we've really touched on overtraining. So do you wanna just give our listeners like a brief on what overtraining is or like what the state of overtrained means? Sure. Um I mean, I don't,
0: if you in look its simplest like, form, I guess, yeah, I would say, I would say overtraining <laughs> is like when you have gotten yourself into a hole. And sometimes I think sometimes people hear overtraining and they think like, well, I only train X amount of hours a week. And that's not that much. It's like, okay. I mean, typically you typically, it will be somebody that's either done too much intensity, too much volume, or too much of both together. But sometimes you can be overtrained without having done like some mega amount of training. If you are training at a level that's highly intense, high volume, and or not getting adequate rest, whatever it's like, basically, you have worked yourself down to where instead of getting training benefits, you're just getting more and more and more fatigued and never letting yourself bounce back like I think it's normal of course you're going to in a big training block you're gonna get really tired but then you give yourself a recovery and a rebound and you feel kind of that spring back of all of the training when you're overtrained, and sometimes you you may be super tired all the time like just always sleeping or you might be having insomnia because your body's super out of whack
1: Yeah. I think that's a really good description. I think the biggest distinction is some people hear overtrained and they think, oh, I'm just tired. I need a rest day. And it's not the same thing. So overtrained is like that chronic state of you have exhausted your body to a point where you are now just slipping further and further into that hole. And every workout you do puts you more in the hole. It doesn't give you a benefit.
0: And I also think something that's, I mean, I've done this in the past. And I think, especially in a season like this, when, especially if you live in the U.S., there's been so little racing that maybe you've found Zwift racing. Or maybe, maybe like, when you don't have a good reason to take an off-season, I think it's, like, it's, it, it's very common for people to kind of run themselves into the ground. Because you just don't have a, like... A good structure. So it's just like, well, what should I do? Well, I should do more because I've got maybe you're in quarantine and you can't really go anywhere. So I'm gonna or you can only exercise alone. Like it's just easy to overdo it. But I think it also can happen like sometimes you're you're training really hard and you start having almost like the same kind of symptom with eating disorders, I, should, I, I, I don't mean this in an insensitive way. I know it's a very sensitive subject, but it's like if somebody has an eating disorder for a period of time, you'll see benefits because the detriment hasn't yet outweighed the benefit of being lighter. But over time, you can't sustain that. And it's kind of a similar thing with overtraining. Like when you're training really hard and you're having these fitness gains, and you start seeing some peak power numbers or you start seeing some fast performances, but at some point, you kind of, so it's
1: just like you're. Right, it creates to, that temptation to, yeah, keep, to going. keep going.
0: And then, and then the denial, because one day, like it feels so, so good. And then one day it feels a little bit off, but you're like, eh, no, I'll push through it. But then it keeps, and you just keep hoping it's going to go back to when it felt amazing instead of listening to your body telling you, okay, enough, like I need yeah. a rest.
1: Absolutely. And I think this is why we have said on this podcast like a million times and we will keep saying it, keep track of metrics other than weight and pace and volume, because it's sleep quality, it's appetite, like all of those things, you know, when they start to go off of their norm for like days and days and days, like that's a Really good indicator that you're in a state of overtrained and you need to like step away.
0: Yeah, and reading this this particular individual's question, I I will say, I mean, I, I'm I'm not a doctor and I won't take this for gospel. But when I when I read this, the first thing that came to my mind is, you're ill now, because I don't just because I've never experienced it doesn't mean it's not a thing, but i've I've dealt with overtrained athletes that I've coached. I've been overtrained myself. I've had a lot of friends who are athletes who have gone into a state of overtraining. And I, I don't think that having flu-like symptoms is typically a symptom. I think it's more fatigue and or lack of ability to sleep, um, possibly ravenous and or, you know, the opposite extremes of hunger or no appetite, but flu like symptoms to me says you probably are feeling that way because you're probably sick. Now, could it be that I think when you're overtrained, you are your immune system is compromised? So you could have gotten sick because you were overtrained. So I'm not telling this person, hey, you aren't overtrained, you're ill.
1: Yeah, we oh. definitely don't have a this is a very vague question, so right. we don't know. How long this person has been training? What their normal like TSS is? And these three races they're talking about were they races that have been in the last month or were they over the last year? You know, so it's like, or were they in the
0: last four days? Right, you know? right, like,
1: absolutely. So all of that really matters. So I'm gonna assume, um, like for the purpose of like, okay, this person is overtraining. That they have done three very recent races like back to back and yeah. are struggling through them. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I mean, it's, if, if my first
0: guess without knowing further details is just because they're talking about three races and feeling bad, probably somebody who's doing quite a bit of heavy training, heavy racing. And you probably kind of knew a while ago that it was time to take a break because you're asking me this, but it's hard sometimes to shut things down. And so I would guess you probably had a hunch, but you didn't listen to it. It's that season where stuff's going around. Your body is just trying to keep up with everything you throw in at it. And instead you got sick. So now your body's like flipping you off. I'm done with you. If you aren't going to give me a break, I'm going to put myself into a state where you have no choice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that also it's important that if you really are in a state of chronic fatigue, you are overtrained, then you, like, one rest day isn't going to do it. Like, you you need to take actual rest. Like, you need to take a week off. You need to worry about your sleep, your, you know, other recovery habits, your nutrition, and then, you know, come back. But you, your body definitely needs a, a break, an extended break. and. I mean, that, that's a big indication if you're doing efforts that you know should feel one way and the perceived effort is way higher to do them. And that's not just once because we can all have a bad day, but if it's effort after effort after effort and you're never feeling like you should, that's, you know, overtraining. And the, the right. what you should do about that is to stop training, stop racing, give your body a break. And...
0: And be kind to yourself during that time. I think sometimes the hardest thing isn't, I mean, you don't want to tell yourself you need a break, but then it's like, you take a break and it's like, oh, well, if I'm not doing this, what can I do? Because God forbid, like it will take your body. This is probably, I should quote a scientific article, but I've heard this in multiple places. Look it up it takes your body can go for three weeks before it's really going to start to decondition. That doesn't mean you're not going to lose some sharpness if you don't do crap for three weeks. But taking five, six, seven days off, don't spend that time mulling about your head like what you're not doing. Like if you're taking that because you're overtrained, you need to respect that time and i'm not telling you you have to sit on the couch with a bag of potato chips i mean you can you can do some yoga you can do some stretching you can go go for walks read some books just don't let your mind continue to have physical stress of thinking about the training you should be doing honestly and i say that and it's like i'm preaching to myself as well (laughs) because it's it's a hard thing to do but it's just like if you have reached that state of overtrain, you really need a reset. So find something something to do that you enjoy that you've cut out of your schedule because you prioritize your training. Like I had a surgery at one point and it was just like the first five days, I literally I wasn't to do anything, like to really move about other than to go to the restroom. And I was just like, I'm going to lose my mind. Well, I ended up, I had people come and visit and I got to sit and talk with friends and I got to read, I got to watch some movies. It's just like, and that's extreme. Like you're not typically, when you're recovering from overtraining, you're not going to be confined to a couch. But it's just like, I find some joy in the things that you typically don't have time for. Yeah,
1: because and just, also yeah. don't, train like I know that sounds like obvious but so many like I've had athlete clients in the past I had this triathlete that you know would need to rest and so they'd be like oh I'm not swimming or biking or running right now but I'm spending 10 hours on the elliptical like (laughs) right but that happens and yeah no no that is still training. It's it's not the same training, but it's still right. training. That's not rest. That is still stressing your body. Stop it. So don't think that just because you switch activities, you're giving yourself rest. Like yoga is one thing, like being active to a extent of like going for a walk or like, a, you know, a short leisurely kind of activity is fine. You know, play a game of tennis maybe, but like don't be, exercising to the point of like you're trying to get a training benefit because that's what you're not supposed to be doing
0: and if you're a person who literally like it's really hard for you to sit still one practice that train your mind like that's a whole thing like do some meditation and start with five minutes because it's like if that's really difficult for you and you're like well i'm going to do this hour-long meditation you're either going to go bananas or fall asleep so start with five minutes and really work on it but there's other things like clean your house i know it's not fun but i think for me like i can't i put off starting because i don't want to I mean, obviously after I cook at night, like I'll I'll wipe down the counters. But it's like, if I start doing like a cabinet wipe down, then I'm going to want to do every blind in my house. Like, and it's just, it's overwhelming the amount of time it would take. So I don't do those things often. Like if you're taking a week off, you don't have to be sedentary. Do those things that it's like, You know it would feel so good when they're done, but you don't ever start because you don't have time because you're spending three hours on the bike. (laughs) Right.
1: And this is why a lot of professionals schedule in their rest weeks or sometimes like marathoners will take two months off on the off seat, like off, off, you know, like a jog here or there. But they are off. And, and I couldn't do because, that. <laughs> like, yeah. I will I, sure admit,
0: I couldn't take a two month break.
1: It's rough. And I don't know if I could either, honestly. Um, but it's because once you've gotten yourself in the situation too many times of being overtrained, it becomes harder and harder to come back from. It's so much better to be proactive about it and prevent the issue. So schedule in that rest when you feel like you're, you know, you right after you've peaked, you know, ideally, if your timing is right in your schedule, you've peaked and then you need some rest, like look at your schedule and put it in there so that you don't get to this point. Because if, you know, this person has gone through three races and every output and every training, they're feeling sick, they're, it's taking more effort to do something that shouldn't take that much effort. Like that is just chronically beating up your body and it's not helpful. And I think like
0: part of me reads this and thinks they know the answer, but you want to feel validated. I'll do this. I used to do this when it's just like, I know I need a day off and my coach might even write into my training rest day or active recovery. And it's like, I would spend half the day having this conversation with myself, like, oh, well, should I, should I go out and do, should I? and it was just, like, I needed, if I would just write to my coach and like, hey, so I'm trying to decide this and this, do I need a day off? Because, well, and I knew I needed a day off. but I wanted my coach to say it. So then I felt like that was what was prescribed. So to the writer of this question, you are validated, and Lori and I give you permission <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. Take your rest. This is such an important thing of, like, why coaches put and should put rest days in. Like, every athlete at every level should be having a rest day at least, you know, in a two-week block, Uh, and I mean a serious, you know, off-training day, because that rest day prevents this overtraining from happening. Like, it, it is important. So listen to those rest days if your coach is putting them on the schedule and you're ignoring them, then you are a likely candidate for being overtrained. And, and, and just really don't freak out
0: about that time. Like the sooner you acknowledge it and take that rest, the sooner you'll get back to it. And I will, I will put in a story that is also, it's kind of a humble brag because I'm pretty stoked, (laughs) but I have an athlete, I coach. And like, since we started working together, I've been blown away by his progress. Like it's, it's not like, Oh, I'm such a great coach. Like I think I'm a, I'm a good coach, but he's also a very compliant, like a really good focused athlete. And we're a lot alike. So he's a very, I don't want to say, well, yeah, easy person for me to coach because I feel like, I feel like I know what he needs and what's going to work. So everything was just cracking, cracking, cracking. And then I gave him this workout that was kind of Pushing the limits, like a full week of trending that really pushed the limits. And he crushed it, but suddenly it was like some cracks started to show. Like, no injury, but it was just like, oh, just a few days in a row of like, I don't, I just don't feel snappy. You know, I don't know what happened today, but I just couldn't quite like from a guy who I'd prescribe a pace and he'd come back and it would be, you know, not like he ignored the directive but it was always faster than I prescribed and suddenly it was like he was having trouble hitting the numbers that he should have been able to hit and I was like look I think we might have cracked you just a little bit so we backed off the training like he had basically two weeks of comparatively very low volume very low intensity and then ran a race this past Saturday and I was just like okay, I want you to go out in a 6.10 mile pace for the first four miles. And he kind of freaked out about it. Like, And I was like, and then try a negative split. And he's like, 6.10 and then negative split. And I was like, it can be a little slower. The point is, I don't want you to go out too hard and blow up. So aim for 6.10s. I think you'll be capable. Well, he ended up running like a 5.56 average for a 12K. And was just, so it's like, my point in all that, besides being like, way to go, Evan, I'm so stoked for you, <laughs> is that we, I think we came very close to the point of overtraining, but recognized it and immediately acknowledged it and backed off. And it's like, yeah, that's scary and intimidating when everything's been rocking along and suddenly you're like, uh Oh, but in, instead of being like, well, let's just keep crushing through it because you've got this race and we can't back off. It's like, no, uh, put your foot off the gas. You're going to be fine. Like the money is in the bank. You've been paying into the bank for months now. So just chill out. And then you're going to spring back just fine. And sure enough, it happened. So respect it. Listen to your body. It knows.
1: Absolutely. It isn't like cramming for an exam. Like you cannot cram your fitness. Like you have worked for months, years, you know, to get to that race day, that A race. Like what you do in the week before is not – like it can break you, but it's not going to make you. And I think that's something that most athletes like – unfortunately need to experience but again like getting to that point of trusting the proactive behaviors behind training plans and like what your body needs to do is so important for longevity of good performances and good health yeah absolutely
0: okay should we do another one
1: yeah let's move on okay Next question is, what are the negative effects of trying to work out 100% all-out effort when you haven't eaten much all day?
0: The negative effects of not having (laughs) eaten much all day are you miss the joy of food. Uh,
1: Right. You're hanging. Everyone (laughs) else hates you. Um, But when it comes to effort, like honestly, any research, any research I've ever looked at that compares a fasted state. Or a placebo or water compared to carbohydrate before exercise, the carbs always win. Like, yeah, carbohydrates are going to make you faster in that workout. So, if you're trying to work out 100% when you have nothing in the tank, like think of that in car terms how far are you going to get without having, like, with that arrow on E, the light flashing at you, that stress response of like, Oh shit! This isn't gonna go very well. Like that's the same that's happening in your body. You don't have the fuel to go hard on. I mean, can you get away with it here? And and it depends. Like how? Like have you, you just said hard? Much?
0: On. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. You're such gets- a teenage boy. <laughs> I was
1: like just let it go (laughs) the laughter was bubbling I couldn't I'm sorry (laughs) that's fine Um, yeah like when okay so saying you haven't eaten much all day like again that's that's very vague like is much did you have like a glass of orange juice and then go work out because that's still some immediate it's not much but it's still some immediate carbs so it does kind of vary like you don't have to eat buffet food style all day to be like, oh, I ate a ton and now I'm going to go work out because that can cause some GI problems, you know? So it is a balance, but if you are under fueled, even in the short term and you're trying to go give yourself this max effort, you're going to come short. Like you're not going to be able to get that 100%. It might feel like 100% because that's all you have the energy to do, but you're going to perform better if you have strategically had food. And that's one reason a lot of people think, well, there's two reasons, but one of the causes for a lot of people doing better in the afternoon performances, like if you run, do speed work or cycling in a group ride or something after work, you are feeling stronger and quicker is because you've had all day to have that food and get that energy than in the morning when most people just like wake up and go. So.
0: But But I think you have to plan for it too, because it might just be partially that mentally. I I like to do my workouts first thing in the morning, but when I was doing big time marathon training and there was, you know, three days a week that I would run morning and night. And sometimes it would come to like after work and I'd be like, Oh, I'm so hungry. Like I can't go and run before dinner. I have to, or I mean, I can't go and run without eating something. So I would eat something and then immediately go run. And that's, not gonna feel good like you need to it's definitely like a
1: trading your body kind of thing so again a glass of juice or a banana and you know give yourself 30 minutes that's not much but it's going to have a good effect at that run and also like making sure then you know you've eaten a good balanced diet through throughout the day and then if you're waking up and going out without anything again like that works for shorter and less intense efforts, but if you're trying to put out hundred percent, and this is why, you know, if athletes are trying to do fasting, I'm never going to prescribe a a 100% level effort, that intensity on a fasted workout. Or if I do put it in there, I expect them to fail because your body isn't prepared for that. So you're working towards something, sure, but you're not going to get there because you don't have the energy in your body to do that. And so the short term effect is, the effect is you're not going to get that 100% effort, it's going to feel really hard, you're going to fail, you're going to be grumpy about it. And the long term effect of being chronically like not fueling your workouts is injury, poor sleep, you know, the whole gamut that comes with being underfueled, and then it leads to just generally disordered eating and you're not going to be a great athlete.
0: Well, I kind of, I also, I mean, I, I, am diverging slightly from the question because I know they were asking the negative effects, but I would look at this question and, and and I would say, why would you do that? Because let's take those two instances. One, you're an elite and or professional level athlete. If, If that's you and you're asking this question, plan better. Like I, I, talk to, this doesn't, I haven't heard this so much from pro athletes, but like when I was in the working world and it might not have even been somebody that was going to work out, but it's just like, Oh, I haven't eaten all day. I just forgot. It's like, okay, number one, I, I don't relate to that at all because <laughs> I don't know how people always forefront of my mind. <laughs> when but you it, forget
1: to eat.
0: Yeah. But if you're, if you're a highly competitive athlete and you tend to get so busy in your day to day that you forget meal planning, plan better. Like whether that's carrying around some bars making sure you have gels, have a banana, have something on hand so that this isn't an issue. And if that's not you, if you're you're a casual person who commonly has a super stressful, busy work life and you just absolutely can't manage to remember to carry a snack bar with you, then why do you need to go 100% that day? Like I'm not saying that, oh, if you're not a pro or an elite, you don't ever like, no, I understand everybody wants to make gains, everybody wants to have good training. But it's just like, if you have this day, if this is a daily habit for you, then we have other issues to talk about. And if this is like a one off instance, then move your workout like you're
1: not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Get the benefit out of it. Like and if you're yeah. not putting the effort in on other areas of your life, then that 100% like isn't happening anyway, like you're not going to get right. it And then you're, you're going to lead to things like overtraining injury, not seeing perform good performance outcomes. Like you're, you're never going to keep climbing with your results if you're not putting the effort into those other things like fueling your body and, you know, recovery and all of those other aspects of being an athlete. So if you're exactly right, if you're someone who isn't eating, you know, gets busy, put a reminder on your phone to eat, like, hey, it's lunchtime, take a freaking lunch break. And it doesn't have to be, oh, I need to sit down and have an hour long meal. You know, if that's all you can have that day is a yogurt and a granola bar and some hard boiled eggs, like, awesome, do it. It's better than nothing. And then before that workout, you know, when you're getting changed, it takes like a half hour for most people to go from to transition from whether it's like Waking up to go workout or getting off work or whatever, like, typically a half hour you have at least put something in your mouth, like, eat a gel, eat a banana, yeah. have some juice or sports drink, like, something to like boost those energy levels so you could go out there and train.
0: And you made the comment, like, set an alarm, and some people might just be like, okay, that's ridiculous. But funny story, I laughed so hard. I don't remember if she had put it in an Instagram story or what, but my friend Christy Tracy, who she's, she does like she's won some Masters Nationals competitions. She recently competed in the Esports World Championship. She's a super dedicated Masters endurance athlete. I mean, just endurance athlete, period. But has has really made a name for herself in the Masters cycling world and the ultra distance world. And she had this this screenshot of her phone. And it was like, there was an alarm, like for when she had to wake up and there was alarm. I don't remember what the things were, but it was like, make bottles. And then there was alarm, like drink tart cherry, cherry juice, an alarm, take gel. And I was just like, are you serious? And I, I had a laugh, but seriously, if, if you're, if you're that level of athlete and that's what it takes, set the alarms. Like, it's just the kind of thing. Like I had a good laugh at her because I'll just remember to take a gel, but it's like, but if you won't, set the alarms. Yeah,
1: especially when you're trying to make something a habit, because there are pros that have or like really good athletes that have these habits ingrained in them. But if they're trying to do something new, like I definitely did this while I was starting some new supplement regimens. And I would put it in there like, wake up, take your beta beta alanine, like take your CoQ10. Because otherwise, I would forget, do I have to have those alarms on now? No. But this is That is the level of detail and attention to detail and planning and all aspects of training that it takes to really see great results and to be a great athlete. So I don't I think like, you know, someone who might be just getting into fitness or is more recreational might like laugh at that, but that's what a lot of pros do. Like it's not, it's not a weird thing, you know? And if you're
0: having having these habits. It's like some days I have a whole routine I'll go through. It's like I grind my coffee, I turn on my water, like I grill my onions. And while the onions are grilling for my breakfast burrito, I take my vitamins and I take my little hair and nail supplement. And some days it's like, it's not even, I don't even know if I'd say it's lazy, but it's like, I'm standing right there. And it just feels like this unnecessary step in the process to unscrew two bottles of vitamins and take my pills and then go to the fridge and get my little supplement and take my teaspoon. So some days I'm just like, uh, and I'm like, nope. Do it because if you if it's so easy to do, but it's also so easy to not do. But if you just make it a habit and do it even on the mornings and when for whatever reason you just aren't in the mood to unscrew your dang vitamin bottle, keep with it because
1: the minute you break the habit, it's just like oh, well, eh, and then you fall out of it. Yep, and then you have to set a million reminders to get yourself back on track. So. There's this woman and
0: she, is, her name is Amy Ladine, and I've done this. She does these daily agreement card, these DAC boot camps. And the whole thing is with forming habits and not breaking promises to yourself. And it's like writing down five things for 30 days, five things you're going to do the next day. And it's just like, okay, if you haven't done this before, kind of how I was saying, if you've never meditated, don't write down, meditate for an hour, like write, meditate for five minutes. Because more important than the meditation is keeping the promise to yourself. So then as you get good at it, you start writing down things. I mean, it doesn't always have to be like constantly getting harder and harder and harder. Like, but I did for a long time, I put down, you know, drink minimum of four bottles, like, you know, like a bike size bottle, four bottles of water in a day, because I just knew I wasn't drinking enough water. But when I put it on there, it was like more than I was concerned with actually getting enough water. I wanted to make a habit and I wanted to keep that promise. So it's like developing these things until you just know that if you put that on your list, you aren't going to break the promise to yourself.
1: Absolutely. Habit forming is such an important part of being an athlete. And I think that's why so many high-level athletes have their routines down to where it's just so strict and so... Precise because yeah. they want to be efficient with it. And also, like, that's just what it takes. Like, so yeah. I think we've addressed like two questions so far that are the like, it's a math equation where you have like two things and they will not equal good performances. So, yeah. if you're going down the state of being overtrained, that's never going to equal an A race. You're not going to get there, you know, big red stop sign. Same if you are not eating. And then you want to go get 100% effort. You want to go take that, you know, PR or that QOM or KOM. It's not going to happen. Like, just stop. So, you know, you have to build better habits on both fronts to be a successful athlete. Yep. Okay, I think we can do one more.
0: Sure. I haven't, I've, as Lori and I are recording this call, I'm in the middle of a pretty intense week at work. So I'm just like any minute now I may start getting blown up with tasks. And I actually, while you we were talking on one thing, I was like texting my manager, do we have the blah, blah, blah on this yet? Mm-hmm. And she's like, we're, we're waiting on some content to come in from some people in the UK. I'm like, okay, it's 2am there though. Seriously. Shouldn't they, be, shouldn't they be wanting to go to bed? Like I'm sitting here going, I want to go to bed in, two hours, preferably. I know.
1: I'm like, it's 8 p.m. right now, and I'm yeah. uh, I'm sitting in bed right now recording this. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so maybe it let's not do another question, and just because you mentioned the UK, I just want to say how much I want to go there for Christmas because oh. it is so gorgeous. Like, they decorate so well, uh. and... It is – oh, my God. I love London. I love it. I love it. It's so beautiful. You go it's, to Germany
0: at Christmas. Just really? for the Christmas markets. Oh, oh. It's, it's so – it's one of those things like – I mean, I have this a lot with Spain, but when I think back on going to the Christmas market in Germany, it's like it seems like a fantasy. Like, it's so magical. Like, I know it was real. I know I was there. <laughs> I, I mean, and I was – quite drunk on glue wine, so there's that. (laughs) But it's just like they set up, it looks like these gingerbread houses with lights on them. And some of them have like bazillion of flavors of candy and some of them just have glue wine. And you go in, it's like this this, like spiced mulled wine that's highly boozy. And you can take a glass and you can walk around, it's all outdoors and you can walk around. Like if you have the glass, you can just get it filled from any of the other places that have the glue wine. And you can keep the glass, or you can return it and get like three euro back, whatever. And then they have like crafts and stuff you can buy for. It's just so so cute. I love
1: it. I want like can we do this next year? Can we make yes, it, like <laughs> yes, please over there because I, think I, I just want to be there for
0: the Christmas market, and then I want to go somewhere else warmer because it's yeah, in sure. Germany right now.
1: I yeah. like. I just love that about the holidays of like doing it to the max like yeah. i want all the lights and the festivities i don't don't give me these like crappy giant inflatable like piece of <laughs> like I don't want to see a freaking minion in front of your yard on Chris like what is that I feel like it's like, so American we, I mean I don't yeah, know so they have gross. it as well but I feel like that's a very I don't, they don't I'm just gonna say they don't because I, I wouldn't <laughs> be able to handle that but <laughs> I hate it I think it's so cheap and cheesy and it's like just the light like go find we have been driving around the last few nights to see the different lights in our area and there are some really nice ones and it's just yeah. I love it and again with, like the cocoa and, like,
0: when I was growing up in Minnesota is we would go and drive around the lakes at Christmas and just look at like what I mean I don't know they appeared to be mansions to me when I was small maybe I was just that young but just like look at all these big beautiful houses with their Christmas lights
1: yes cool. that has been our activity for the last week and it's so much fun and yeah, I just I want it all. So I'm not like we're going to Florida for Christmas and that's not going to have any of that aesthetic. Are um, you driving? No. Okay. Nope. We are flying um right now surprisingly Florida is actually a safer place to be than Minnesota. Wow. So, oh yeah, I know it's insane. Um Florida is actually like super low rates of COVID at the moment. So, we feel like it'll be safe. Um we have a flight that goes like from daytona or from rochester to daytona so hopefully you know we'll have our masks on oh can i rant about a mask for a second and i am i am 100 pro mask like let's just put that out there but it's really cold and having to wear a hat and putting a mask on is actually really annoying (laughs) like it's it's not easy to like throw your mask on when you have like a big hat on because you should just, use your
0: Kitsbo one because it will slide over with that big adjustable, like, thing.
1: Yeah, that's true. I could do the Kitsbo one that, like, wraps around the head. I feel, like that one's one. That. Like,
0: I feel like that one's hard for me to wear when I just have, like, my normal head. But if I had, like, a hat on, it would be perfect.
1: Yeah, that's true. If you already have it on and, like, just around your neck and then yeah. you can pull it up, that'd be a little easier. Because looping one around your ears right. when you're wearing, like, a hat or a tight earband or something... It's yeah. really frustrating and yeah. I'm like, great. Now we're in the winter here and that's my mini mask rant, even though I will 100% do it because wear your freaking mask, everybody. Like I was having I a
0: conversation. I got my hair done the other night and my hairstylist is also a, a good friend of mine. For We've known each other for, I don't know, 10 or 11 years now, but I was just like, you know, what? I realized with my mask, I catch myself. Walking around, like, if I were to take the mask off and not change my face, just with, like, this, like, my mouth just hanging open, I was, like, I feel like I'm doing this ridiculous, I hope when it comes time that masks aren't required in public places anymore, that I don't just walk around like an idiot with my jaw half, like, hanging (laughs) And she started laughing so hard, her and her assistant, they were just oh like, God. I do that too. I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's just a thing about breathing them, but I just feel like I'll catch myself like walking into Kroger and I can feel that I've got like the ugliest face going on underneath my mask. I'm like, why am I doing this? I wouldn't just That's be hilarious. like having my mouth hanging wide open if I wasn't wearing a mask.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've caught myself doing that or like having that feeling, but I have like completely stopped wearing lipstick and I feel like that industry is just dead now. <laughs> <laughs> who needs lipstick your face is covered oh my god I have to tell you I just got a text come through on my phone and speaking of like going to Florida my mom just texted me remember pregnant people can't go in hot tubs <laughs> like what? they have a hot tub oh in, okay I was you like, know, in their backyard thing. So, like, just like thanks mom for letting me know another thing that I cannot do Aww. because I'm freaking pregnant I know like just add it to the list of well, Madewell has um, some pregnancy-specific genes on sale. I was looking at them. I just, I'm, I feel like I'm not to that point of, mater- like, I've sized up, yes, but the maternity specific, I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, it's so, you know, it's just like, I, I, I-, I-, I wasted
0: solid 40 minutes of my day-to-day trying to find... I really want to try some of those jeans, but since I don't know they're going to fit, I was like, I want them to be on sale, and then sale of sale. And every pair that was that fit those criteria, and I also thought were cute, my size wasn't available. Yeah. And in all the time I was looking, the one pair I had put in my bag sold out before I finished looking. So I was just like, well, I'm done with you.
1: I've only recently bought jeans from someplace else i have a pair of levi's that i absolutely love and then i just bought a sized up pair that i found on sale at anthropology and i don't even know what brand they are um but Madewell is like my go-to brand yeah. for jeans like i really love them i love the quality like i think they're good but, all right, there's, I think we've there's digressed. More, there's our shopping tips for you. As, <laughs> I know. Now that we've gotten into shopping again for non-athletic stuff. Um, this is, it's a problem. There's a, at least
0: one today. One of us usually, Lori, but sends the other, like, <laughs> I just bought a blah, 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 blah. Or, I just, yeah, or someone absolutely. was having a sale. Or we're just like, oh, F you, Farm Rio. Don't send me another coupon. Bastards.
1: Oh, man, last night, I know. <laughs> it was like, it's so bad. because. Life is so boring right now. All you get is, like, all these sales because companies, like, need to make some money. And it's kind of fun because it's like, oh, stock up on some new fun things. <laughs> but, but it's also so fun.
0: Clothes. When I got to go to dinner the other night and instead of being like, ugh, I hate nights out because I don't have cute clothes. I was like, I get to wear one of my Farm Rio jumpers.
1: I was. I so wore excited. my red jumper this morning. Like, I was like, oh, I'm actually going to put real clothes on today in the house and be, like, a normal person. <laughs> Yeah. It was great. It felt so good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: guys, um, if you have loved this episode so much, please write a sparkling review. And if you hated it, write the same review, but then delete it instead of posting it.
1: Yeah, and just give us five seconds. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. We want honest reviews, but it would be nice. If, if it is a negative review, we love constructive criticism. Um,
1: Unless it's on audio quality, because we're definitely trying to address those problems. On we are working on it. I optimistic about this, but we Yeah, we'll see. so we have switched recording platforms. Um, our last one was obviously a little bit unreliable. So we're working yeah. on it, we are trying, we know, so we know. Um, so uh-huh. we know. If, if there are other, other issues you wanna address, like right. please reach out and let us know and also send us your questions, like whatever they're on,
0: hit us oh, up. And we're gonna do a special call out because we thought it might be at some point soon, We may bring on a guest or two. So if we were going to have a guest, because don't worry, we'll also self-select some guests that we don't care if you want to hear from, you're going to hear from them. But if you were going to hear from a guest, and it doesn't have to be a specific name, but what type of person, like, would you like to talk to someone from our favorite food company um or another somebody about nutrition or would you like to talk to like somebody who's a very experienced athlete or um somebody who's just good at tangenting like we are <laughs> who would you like us to try and bring on the show and don't be ridiculous and say like well oprah would be cool because come on guys yeah oprah respect care. the level we're at but um but yeah And send us your questions. You can email them to basicallyexpertspod at gmail.com. Or you can slide into those DMs at basicallyexpertspod on Instagram. Or you can send them directly to myself at Leah Thorvalson on Instagram or at Hungry for Results direct to Lori. And we will happily answer them on an upcoming episode
1: absolutely so don't be shy send us your questions and thanks for listening and